welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is Michael T.Y.P. Cole, and with me we have Johnny, the sexiest man. Hello, lad. It's good to be here. It is good to be here, and you, you know what? This has been like the longest birthday ever for me, because <laughs> I got birthday once here in Japan, and it's still my birthday out where you live, and so like all of a sudden I got this flood of PMs from Facebook, so I'm feeling good. I was... I'm feeling good. I was just going to tell you happy birthday on the air, but you preempted me, so... <laughs> yeah, and I tried to start off there with my uh, least offensive possible British accent just to try to keep up the uh, the tradition of late on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Well, I, can, I could probably do one for the entire show, but it would, because I haven't practiced it, it would definitely creep into absurdity and obnoxiousness um, quite Professor? often, I'm sure. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I do voices better than that, for sure, but um, I'm not a professionally trained voice actor, and yeah. I would be afraid of pissing off some of my dear friends in the aisles, so I won't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's, it's uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Let's just get started. How about Yay. That? Yeah. Let's just get started.
I still feel like a jerk for cutting you off on the birthday thing. No, of course not. All right. So that was an eerie first song. Like the bass, like sound almost like a didgeridoo or something. Yeah, and then there was the chorus and and the tribal style drums. At times, it, it reminded me of like Battlestar Galactica background music during a very dramatic <laughs> moment. Battlestar Galactica. Oh yes. Go on to the second song here. Yay, let's. Time for second breakfast, Master Frodo. <laughs> You're hint- giving a hint. Am I? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> or maybe a mishint, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your question. Your question. What is the name of the Phantom Studio invented to develop this game? Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Scratch that. Phantom of the Shire.
This game really does sound like it could have been The Hobbit. Yeah, it has a very Celtic um, theme soundtrack, but I think there's also a lot of variety among the th- just the three songs that you played. And um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've I've always really enjoyed this game's music, and the graphics were fantastic too. They still hold mm-hmm. up. Yep. And that game is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for GameCube. Part of the GameCube for the GameCube. Yep. Yep. And uh, which has now turned into uh, quite a franchise, actually. Yeah, it's kind of because everyone's complaining about, like, when it first came out, it was like, oh, we're not getting the real Final Fantasy, blah, 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 yak, yak, yak. And now it's like, this is, what are they on? They're like fourth, fourth one now? I mean, it's a... Well, Crystal Bears will be the fourth one, yes. I mean, if you count the Wii and, and DS versions of Echoes of Time as, as just one, because they are the same game, right. basically. But, um, yeah, the funny thing is, so far, I don't think any of them have been really huge successes, but Square Enix seems, you know, really determined to keep the series going and have something for uh, fans on Nintendo, and I think, especially with Crystal Bears, it looks like they're starting to take it a little more seriously and maybe um, try to do something that's not a gimmick, you know, and is actually, like, a really well-crafted... I mean, what we hope is something, you know, on the order or approaching, like, a main numbered Final Fantasy game. Because that was the big, you know, the big controversy with Crystal Chronicles when it was first announced for GameCube. It's like, people were like, is this really a Final Fantasy game? And as it turns out, not really. I mean, it's it's a really interesting game, but it is sort of something that they just sort of threw the Final Fantasy name onto. Right. I mean, it, it, it takes place in the Final Fantasy world and the characters and everything, but the gameplay is completely different than, than the Final Fantasy games. Well, but but to be fair, it's like, if you look at what they're doing for other Final Fantasy spinoffs now, I mean, they're doing that with their main mainline, too. I mean, oh, yeah, they're doing all kinds of crazy, um, yeah, you know, uh, Agito and Versus and Crisis Core. And, so, uh, speaking of that, we, we were talking about uh, what we're doing today for, for Radio Trivia, and you said, oh, let's do Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. And I said, okay, and then I went to get some lunch, and I went to the convenience store. And I don't know if it just came on the market, or if it just I just noticed it because I had Final Fantasy on the mind or something, but uh, I have in front of me a can of Dissidia uh, Final Fantasy Potion. Oh and dear! You bought the of, potion, and, and I've never tried it before. I don't know. I've, I think I remember Kohler talking about it being bad. But, I've heard uh, that I, the potion drink is really nasty. Are you going to well, drink it now? Are you going to do like a giant bomb gas drink test <laughs> on the air right I, now? I'm going to. I'm going to open it right now. Oh, this is exciting! Your- this is this is radio right here, baby. <laughs> right, like I said, it, it has, it has uh, 350 milliliters of. Of potion it says Cosmos on it. There's a picture of Cloud Strife. This is like a <laughs> Jeff Gersman moment. Here we go. That isn't so bad. Really? You it's, think you'll yeah, finish it? Yeah, maybe this is a different flavor from like whatever one they had before. It could be. This one's kind of I don't know, it tastes basically like squirt. Yeah, it's actually, it's just like, what is it, brominated vegetable oil or something? (laughs) Brominated vegetable oil? Wow, that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Is that what squirt is? I've never really had squirt, so... I I don't know, that's what comes to my mind. I thought squirt was sort of a citrus thing like Sprite. 
It is kind of, but it it's also has Romney vegetable oil or whatever it's called. I don't I don't know. You know, but, yeah, this, you know, this Mount, is Mountain Dew has vegetable oil in it, and yeah, so and um, the weird thing is that, and that's not a typical ingredient in soft drinks, and maybe the color. Su- supposedly, the reason that they put that in Mountain Dew is to kind of tie in with their marketing theme, uh, theme. You know, where they always have on the commercials, people are basically just guzzling Mountain Dew. They just turn it upside down above their heads and pour it uh-huh. down their throats. Well, the vegetable oil makes it... It doesn't really have a taste. It just makes it slicker and more viscous, so it just slides down your throat. Hmm. That's what I've heard. It's disgusting. Yeah. But it's <laughs> well, th- this tastes so, like squirt. That's the closest thing I can describe it to. And okay. So, uh, uh, pleasantly okay, but this is 350 milliliters and it cost me 200 yen. So, um, uh, not a good value. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's it's an interesting can. I'll probably hold on to it. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Now you know what the City of Final Fantasy potion uh, tastes like. Yay. Well, to get back to the game Final Fantasy, <laughs> um, Crystal Chronicles, yes. So the answer to the question, um, in terms of what Phantom Studio was set up illegally to uh, develop this game, it's called Game Designer Studio, and um, by from everything that I've read about this in the years since, it never really existed in a formal mm-hmm. sense. It wasn't like they built a new building and they took people from the Final Fantasy teams and moved them over there and said, now you're going to make this game, now you're part of a different company. It was really just a bunch of legal maneuvering to get around the fact that um, Sony at the time was a major stakeholder in Square. This was before Square Enix, uh, Square and Enix merged together. Right. And at that point, they were they basically by that time I think Square had bought back their stock from Sony. But at the time, back in the early 2000s, Sony um, owned a, a, a fairly large portion of SquareSoft, and so I want to that's say like 12 one, or 13 percent. Yeah, that was a complication for Square developing anything for Nintendo platforms. And so the way that Square and Nintendo got around this was they had Nintendo use money from Yamauchi's Fund Q, which is right. kind of meant to help startup developers. Like, I think Skip might have been um, a beneficiary of Fund Q, and they're actually still around. A lot of the other companies are, are gone, unfortunately, now. But they were making stuff for like 64DD and some some bizarre little things back then. But anyway, the idea was that Nintendo kind of gave Square some money to seed the development for this game, and Nintendo promised to publish it, which means they spent a lot of money to make mm-hmm. to have the game made, and basically Square did the work of developing it, and they kind of created this ghost company called Game Designer Studio, where Square <laughs> developers worked to make this game, but it was basically an umbrella type thing that let them get around this problem of Sony. Um, but, uh, by most accounts, game, game designer studio was, didn't actually exist. It was just, you know, they, they might've changed the name on some offices over in square, but, um, it it wasn't like a different company or anything in the, you know, in the true sense. So uh, the, uh, does that, the game designer studio, uh, Show up at all in any of the other uh, Crystal Chronicles? No, games? no. I think they were. I think it was uh, dissolved, or at least the um, the illusion was abandoned after the first Crystal Chronicles came out. Nice. Um, because nice. Game Designer Studio wasn't credited with things such as you know Final Fantasy One and Two, Dawn of Souls for GBA, 
and all the other stuff Square did for GBA, and then they moved on to DS, and now they're doing stuff for Wii. I think Game Designer Studio was only technically affiliated with that first game, because once it wasn't too long after that that, that Sony kind of divested um, from Squaresoft uh, before the merger. So by the time Square and Enix merged together, they didn't really need that legal crap anymore. They could just say, oh, we're making games for Nintendo. Why not? Yeah. We can. You know, we have no reason not to. So now they just, you know, they just do it. But in terms of the actual people working on these games, I don't think it ever changed. You know, it was, it was mm-hmm. the same. But right. yeah, there's your okay. little weird story. I can't really confirm any of that. That's just kind of my general sense from reading a lot of stuff and talking to people. But, um, but you know, I'm sure you could look that up and confirm or deny it. But that's the story as far as I know. That's a good potion. All right, let's move on to the next. Uh... <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go to the next game. Not not quite Final Fantasy Celtic music, is it? No, I I think I know what series this is from, but uh, yeah, we'll see.
This game has some annoying music. <laughs> wow. Pretty ADD, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little too spastic for my taste, but... <laughs> You're not going to like the third song. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. I'll, I'll bear through it. <laughs> All right. This is actually a pretty helpful hint. Okay. What tool, which serves as the namesake for this game, is your primary means of attacking enemies? I don't know if any of our listeners are really even old enough to understand this reference, but it sounds like if you get an old vinyl record player and turn up the speed on it, you know, to make to make all the voices sound like the chipmunks. That's what that sounded like. It sounded like it was playing about twice as fast as it was recorded at. That's uh, probably true. <laughs> I mean, I, I doubt uh, that, Well, if they used like a keyboard to pound out the notes, they probably did speed it up. Yeah. Oh man, uh, that's perfect. Well, I just I, I need like to hear game, some although... like soft piano music just to get that out of my head now. But I'm sure whatever you're playing before. in the background now is just as bad as the what came before. Uh... Man, what the hell was that? <laughs> uh, now I'm scared you're not going to use this for uh, retroactive on RFN. This is Drill Dozer, one of the last hurrahs for really? Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I own Drill Dozer. I do not remember the music being that bad. <laughs> I, I think maybe maybe I chose very hyper songs from it. Not all of them are yeah, that bad, I guess. I mean, there but, are uh, things I, I that that I don't love about Drill Dozer, but I don't remember the music being one of them. <laughs> but oh my god. I mean, it's been a it's been a couple years since I played it. I really thought this was going to be something by Sonic Team. 
And so I was trying to think of like, what's a Sonic game or like a, a related game that involved a tool? I just, mm. I couldn't think of anything because to me the instrumentation, especially like in the first song, it really sounded like a, like a Genesis Sonic game. Uh, to me, it sounded like the Sonic Advance series, to be honest. Um, yeah, could be that. Yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. sense since it was a GBA game. But the Sonic Advance series, oh, I guess some of the songs are pretty hyper, right? Because they, they do like the Act 1, then Act 2, which usually is music that builds on Act 1. So, yeah. you know, just like in the old Sonic games. Wow, Drill but, uh, Dozer. Uh, yeah, I... so uh, Drill Dozer is a, is a quirky game. Um, it's made by Game Freak which uh, is best known for its Pokemon series. And I, I don't know if they've done anything besides Drill Dozer that isn't Pokemon. Well, they did they Pulse Pokemon. Man for uh, Genesis a long right, well, time was, ago. That was before yeah. Pokemon. Before I mean, Pokemon, like, right. Since Pokemon since... became their big hit, have they done anything yeah. besides Drill Dozer? No, just Drill Dozer. And it was a big deal when Drill Dozer was announced. It was like, wow, Game Freak is making something original. And um, you I know, like and Drill Dozer, a uh, Drill Dozer is a great game. I wish they would make more original stuff because I think they they clearly have a lot of uh, creativity at that studio. Um, like I said, there are a few things I don't like about Drill Dozer. Mainly the, um, to me the the act of like using the shoulder buttons to control the rotation. Uh-huh. There's something unsatisfying about it. To me, the controls yeah. never totally connect with the action on the screen in like a truly Nintendo-like way. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... It, it, it is a little disconnected because it's like you're juggling reverse and forward, and it's not really clear when you look at the game which direction you're doing. Maybe so. that's... Yeah, that might be part of it, but I just remember, like, I really enjoyed the level designs and everything, but by the end of it, I was really sick of drilling. <laughs> and it's, that's a strange feeling because, you know, at the end of a Mario game, I'm not really sick of jumping. Right. So I think there's some kind of little nagging aspect of it that just kind of, you know, wore me down over time. And by the end of it, I was really ready for the game to be over. It had just kind of gotten on my nerves in a sort of intangible way. But um, I do think it's a it's a, it's a a lovely little game, and um, it has very cool force feedback in the cartridge. It's an ugly cartridge, though, the big brown thing. Oh, oh, oh man, yeah. it's like doo-doo brown. It's a really terrible-looking cartridge. Uh, I have it in my Game Boy or my DS right now. Um, yeah. I actually could not find music online, so I wound up plugging in the cartridge and uh, recording directly from the game. And, um, <laughs> Maybe you like, recorded really it too school. fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. But uh, now, one weird thing about this game that I didn't even know until I went back and revisited it just now is uh, is that there's a sound test, but you have to unlock it. Like you collect treasures as you go through the game. It's like yeah, Wario it, style. It, it is a lot like a Wario game in, in some ways. It is, and it is. Um, yeah, it reminds me of Wario Land. Uh, like maybe like Wario Land Two. Mm-hmm. Like like not not so much shaken, but like Wario Land Two, maybe Wario Land Three. Because a lot of it's drilling through walls and stuff. And uh, I guess I didn't realize this, but uh, when you collect a treasure, I guess it's correlated with some password you can enter, or at least some of them are. And so if you go to the training level and you go drill down like a secret area you, that you can't unlock until you have a really powerful drill, uh, you enter codes. And, and it's really annoying. It's like a password system with four codes. And, and that's how you unlock the sound test. You have to get this treasure. And then once you get the treasure, you have to know to punch in this, this code. And I don't know how you're supposed to know how to punch in this code. Jeez, this sounds like Banjo-Kazooie when you go to the sandcastle and you type in these 
50 character passwords. Yeah. Well, it's only to four. Do weird but, little things. But the okay. annoying thing is, at least for the, you have to enter just like with Banjo Kazooie, you have to enter this like a like a one password to like unlock the rest of the passwords. You know, it's like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm in password mode now, and <laughs> uh, and it is you have to like do like the third digit first, and then you have to go to the first digit, enter that one. You have to enter the fourth and then the second one. It's not like oh, that's just obnoxious. Get the, it's obnoxious, <laughs> and honestly, it reminded me of some of the puzzles in Phantom Hourglass that really pissed me off. Because I was on an airplane, I didn't have access to game facts. I couldn't get forward in the game because I was stuck in a fucking ghost ship for like three hours, <laughs> cursing on my way to, to England. I mean, so. <laughs> but I had game. That's facts. just a strange comparison. You're comparing the secret password mode of Drill Dozer to Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, if you played, man. if you did both next to each other, you'd see what I mean. That's like free association right there, man. Anyway, there is a sound test, but you have to do this convoluted thing to get it, even though you've gotten the, the treasure that unlocks it. And to me, that's really stupid design. But yeah, Dildozer is really cool. If you find it, um, check it out. If you have a Game Boy Player, you can play it on your, your GameCube, and it'll have rumble on your controller, um, too. So that's kind of neat. Um, really? It yeah. That's... Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. I Actually, didn't know any games, games did, did that. that with Game Boy Player. Huh. Yeah, I, I think I'm not sure, but I think maybe Super Mario Advance Four uh, might do it. It has to be specially coded. It, 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 right. If it came out after Game Boy Player and it was first party published, okay, uh, it's likely to, to feature that. Like Mario and Luigi, I think has it too. That's wild. I haven't used a Game Boy Player in so long. I mean, I, I bought one when it first came out, but for me, it wasn't that useful, especially by the time. Um, GBA SP came out, and I was like, oh, now I actually kind of like playing Game Boy games on my Game Boy. So I don't really <laughs> yeah. want to play them on the TV, you know? Yeah, yeah I know. Um, so I never, I never, I had one, but I didn't really use it much. Well, it, and, I, and I hated having to dig out the disc, too. Like, I sort Ooh, of understand yeah. why you had to do that, but it was just annoying. It's just, like, one extra step that kind of made me not really feel like messing with it, mm. so... Yeah. Anyway, uh, Drill Dozer, it's, it's a cool little game. Uh, I don't know how much it really goes for, um, but if, if you see it in, in a used game store, uh, check it out. I, I liked it. I, I don't know. If you really couldn't stand the music you heard, uh, <laughs> then, I don't know, maybe turn down the You can the always turn off the music, but yeah. yeah, I think Drill Dozer is kind of overlooked, and, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's kind of one of those secret gems of the, of the late GBA years. Yeah, and, and that's why I think that's why someone nominated it for um, retroactive, and, and I expect as we rotate some of the um, some of the games back into the polls over you know over the course of two or three weeks, um, I'm sure it'll get another chance, and and eventually we might end up discussing it on the other podcast. But um, right. I would if, like if, that, but yeah, I then I already own it, so it's easy for me. <laughs> right. Well, if you own it, but you didn't like unlock everything some of the best parts of the game are are the later areas that you have to go back and unlock because there's some areas that you backtrack and there are new new sections you can you can get to and they have that's, some of the that's like wario places. land shake it hey how about that yeah. so uh yeah drill dozer all right Woo. drill dozer and that kind of answers the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of answers the bonus question doesn't it I mean, it does, a, yeah. I mean, you you yeah. have a drill that you walk around in, right? I mean, right. It's like a it's like it's a bulldozer, a, sort of, but it's a drill with so a big drill bulldozer. on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Next game. Uh. 
sounded like RPG music to me. But I don't know what it is. Mmm. That's a good potion. <laughs> is that a is that a hint? No, you just said something about an RPG game, so I took I, my potion. <laughs> I know, are you sipping your potion because that's a hint to the game? familiar, but I need help. But of course. Who made the classic comic strip on which this game is based? And by that I mean a person, not like a company. song was awesome all right do you know what game it is i know for a fact i have played it but i cannot figure out what it is well uh throw out a guess uh can you read me the hint question again sure who made the classic comic strip on which this game is based oh dear god it, it can't be something as hokey as like garfield or Peanuts. I mean, it's way cooler than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, my, my first thought was something like um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers or something, but that's all like Disney. That's not based on a comic strip, so. Uh-huh. And, and, You're and close. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a manga, I don't think it's like, you know, a Toriyama thing like Dragon Ball or anything like that either, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure I'm just beating around the bush here. Just tell me. Yeah, please. it's uh, this is Little Dr- Nemo, Little Nemo. Little Nemo. Okay, yeah, definitely played Little Nemo, but I have no and idea. So you were close with Chip and Dale because this is a Capcom game. 
Yeah, and, I guess uh, so. Yeah, it is sort of similar to, to Chippendale. It's more. It's advanced. a really weird game. It's a really weird game. It is, especially if you're if you don't know anything about like the the comic book and stuff. So, uh, it was actually a comic strip. I guess it appeared in newspapers. But we're talking like turn of the century. Uh, October 1905 to April 23rd, 1911. Wow. Uh, ri- written by Windsor McKay. So it's uh, definitely kind of like a definitive er- early uh, comic. That's a hell of a piece of trivia you got there. Yeah, it is. Uh, Man. Little Nemo is a is a an awesome NES game. It's pretty it's difficult. difficult. I mean, I guess a lot of games were back then, but it's pretty pretty nasty but beautiful graphics like really interesting gameplay where you transform into a lot of different animals and uh or you don't really transform you ride on them right yeah you feed them candy yeah. like you, you feed the frog candy and now you can ride the frog and all the animal powers were awesome the level design was really cool and uh the last level you got this giant scepter that you could like charge up with energy and then shoot this big you know, spark out of it. It was really, really, yeah. And there's even a side-scrolling shooter level involving really? that scepter. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's great. And it actually, I think there's also an anime-style um, movie of Little Nemo that I saw once, and I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I saw it a long time ago, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's out there if you want to track it down. Well, uh, I I um I played this game actually. I think it was a prize. For a radio trivia, way back button on the live version, oh, and really? uh, I played it before I gave gave it away, partially to make sure it worked before I gave it to someone. Did you find it at a yard sale or something? No, I don't think it was that fortunate. I found it at some used game store, okay. and, and probably paid more than I should have. But um, <laughs> that's a great prize, man. Yeah, and uh, I played it, and yeah, that game was tough. I, I think I got one level past, like there was a train level. Then after that, there's one more, and I couldn't get further than that. Uh, it was like in a giant house or something. I, oh I yeah, know. where everything's upside down. Maybe. Because the know. the uh, actually there's there are two levels in the house. I think the first one everything's normal, and then the second the second one it's almost the same level but upside down, and that's the okay, one I, I did. It's called topsy turvy. I could never get past it. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't do that one. Yeah, um, the okay. house it, it was, is it was, pretty tough. It, it's, it's tough, but uh, the entire game is tough, and, and they don't give you infinite continues either, so um, it's hard as nails in my opinion, but yeah. I'm, I don't like Castlevania games on the NES either, so maybe <laughs> maybe I don't like, Castlevania it, games I'm, have unlimited continues, at least Castlevania yeah. 3 does, because I've been playing that lately. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, I, I guess it's possible Little Nemo will come out in the NES, I don't know if there are any licensing issues or not. I would think um, there are, I mean, because it, obviously it's a licensed property, and that's just, you know. That's a hindrance. Really? And there's so yeah. Well, I when when does so. that stuff expire? I mean, this is not, we're talking 1905 to 1911 is when this comic strip was made. So now, it could be public domain by now, but then again, it may not be, depending on whether the copyright has been renewed through various legal means. And, and you know, is the I guess the comic was probably Western, but mm-hmm. the rights in Japan may be different. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Okay. It's one of those things that it just seems to make it less likely. Um, okay. But it's it's a shame because Capcom made so many great licensed games for NES. Yeah. And, you know, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, Little Nemo, a bunch of stuff. Then they made, like, um, the awesome Mickey Mouse game for Super Nintendo. And all that none of that stuff's ever coming out on Virtual Console. It's just... 
it's too difficult to to do legally. I think it's a real shame because all, all those games are great. Mm. All right, well, uh, that's Little Nemo. Uh, get your candy, feed it to your your friend Frog, and now you can ride it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Why candy? I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> doesn't make sense, but the game just didn't make sense. Maybe it made uh, sense back in 1905. <laughs> maybe. All right. So uh, that, so, uh, oh, that game was uh, selected by Ulanshad from the forums. So well done, excellent sir. Excellent pick. Excellent pick. Yes, I agree. Based on that, there's def- definitely a jungle vibe in there. I'm sure everyone would agree. With the marimba and right, want me to play some more Drizzler? No, not really. <laughs> I think when I listen to this episode later, I might skip through Drill Dozer. <laughs> <laughs> makes me sad. Uh, that music makes me sad.
threw me off the track a little bit. Now I don't know what to believe! <laughs> Which character found in this game had his image totally revamped later? Yeah, which was actually one of my first um, inklings from the first song. And then the second, I was thinking, this must be a Donkey Kong game, or which one? And then the second one threw me off a little bit. I'm like, how many Donkey Kong games have an ice level? Well, Jungle Bee, but it's not that. And so then I was like, maybe I was wrong to begin with. But then the hint question, I was like, okay, it's got to be something with Conker in it. <laughs> and yeah. so it, it must be Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the, the hint question helped you out. It did, um, yeah. Well, I, it's funny that you consider this to be a Donkey Kong game, because I consider, like, Diddy Kong Racing to be the most... Uh, it's more like a rare All-Stars game, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it's more like an offbeat mascot racer. I mean, it's like the most offbeat mascot-themed game ever, because it doesn't have Donkey Kong. It has Diddy Kong. And, and then it has these other... It doesn't have, like... Does it have Banjo? No, it does, it does have Banjo. It has Banjo, banjo. yeah. Uh, but was and it, it has a lot of characters that were sort of invented for this yeah. game, and were never right. used again, like Tip Top and um, the, the Mouse, whatever her name was. I usually used her because she turned Tipsy. Pipsy. Pipsy. Okay. She had a really Pipsy annoying Pipsy. voice, but uh, she was useful. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, so. uh, you had TikTok and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot Wiz of other. Pig. <laughs> well, that wasn't a playable character, but yes. No, it it's too bad. You know, I, I I still think Diddy Kong Racing is a brilliant game, and I did not buy it on DS. I didn't really see the point. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I heard it was a pretty good port, except there's some kind of annoying touchscreen stuff in there that really has no place. Um, well, some of the characters it, aren't aren't in the DS version, right? I guess they pulled out Conquer because he's... Has a different image now. Um, you no, know, I'm not sure that they did. I mean, they pulled out. Um, um, yeah, I know they that, added like a crumbling instead of whatever. They changed something. I don't. Maybe, know. maybe it was Conquer. I don't know. I mean, that makes yeah. sense. But, uh, yeah. think I, I don't know. Before, but. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, Diddy Kong Racing. I like it much more than Mario Kart 64. 
Um, it has more variety, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I just think it's a more interesting game, and especially, you know, being someone, especially at the time those games were out, that was before I went to college. So I typically did not have a lot of people to play multiplayer. Every now and then, we would, we might, I could get some people together for GoldenEye or something, but it's not like when I lived in the dorm and we could do stuff like that all the time. So Diddy Kong Racing is much more structured as a single-player game. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it has actually... It's a actually very good single-player game. It is a very good... It's one of the best single-player racing games. Yeah. Uh, from you know from Nintendo sort of, um, but uh, it's funny because the multiplayer is almost an afterthought. I mean, I think there are some really fun multiplayer modes, but they're very limited. And there's all there's actually a co-op mode, but I want to say you have to beat the single player mode to unlock the co-op mode. You Does may need to. Right? I've definitely done it before. It's a lot of fun. Really. Oh is. yeah. Oh yeah, um, man. I mean, I love the idea of of there being a world to explore, and even though you're kind of limited to these vehicles as you play through the game more you know you can you can get in the hovercraft and then you can get in the plane and that makes it easier to explore but um, I always wanted a sequel to that game unfortunately Donkey Kong Racing got cancelled when um, around the time that, that Nintendo sold Rare over to Microsoft um, but uh, you know I'm not sure if that would have been like a true sequel or not I'm not sure if it would have kept all the exploration adventure stuff I loved all that. I loved it. I love the fact that there were boss battles in a racing game. And they could be a little frustrating, but they were also really interesting and they kind of had you doing things that you that you didn't normally do. And they yeah. were I thought they were fun. You know, they're very creative. Especially the Whizpig one. That one is really tough. But yeah, really interesting. I, I didn't like the Whizpig levels, but well, one thing I know they did change is um, the third song we played, Spaceport mm-hmm. Alpha. Is not in the DS version of the game. Um, I don't know why. I played it with with Bloodworth, uh, Daniel Bloodworth. He had he had a copy of the game. I remember playing with him. And it, 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 I don't know why. Maybe the infringed on some other song or something, or or maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know why. Could have been but, in dispute with the the guy who composed it. Maybe he's you know not with Rare anymore, and who knows? It could be a lot of things. But that that is kind of unusual to change a song in a. In a later release. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Diddy Kong Racing is it's awesome. I mean, if you if you don't have access to an N sixty four, then I guess you should, you know, maybe take a look at the DS version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it may not be as good. I know it has online play, but I that was one of the times where I thought, you know, am I really ever gonna play with anybody online in this game? Probably not. But uh, it's interesting. There are a lot of useless features. There's, a, there's this create your own level, but you basically have a top-down view you're drawing, and then it'll like randomly do the height. Uh, so you have these like stupid levels where, where it like, goes up an entire mountain, and it goes down an entire mountain, and then up, down, up, down, and then you can fall off the side. It's like develop your own rainbow road, except uh, let someone adjust the height at random. I mean, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing I really liked about Diddy Kong Racing is that I think they put a lot of thought into how can we make the racing more strategically interesting than it is in Mario Kart? Because, you know, Mario Kart is all about try to get the, the best power up, even though it's totally random, and then use it and stay in the lead for as long as possible. It's really simple racing-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of um, strategy in terms of how you 
power slide or, or something like that. But even even up through the modern Mario Karts, DS and Wii, they're still simpler than the racing in Diddy Kong Racing because in DKR, you had some really cool stuff like the way that you used boost pads was pretty interesting. You had to let off the gas before you hit the boost pad in order to get the maximum boost. If you just held the gas down the whole way, you get this really wimpy boost. So there was really a risk-reward thing there, because if you let off the gas too early, you would lose a lot of speed before you hit the boost pad. So there's like a really optimum spot in there where you could keep your max speed and get the max boost that was very difficult to hit. And it took a lot of practice. And there were some visual cues that would help you do it. But there's also the power-up system. I mean, the you can argue that the... Uh, weapons in DKR might not be as interesting as those in Mario Kart, but the fact that they stacked, they leveled up, if you, Mm -hmm. you know, like there were different balloons, so you could choose what kind of weapon you got, it wasn't random like in Mario Kart, and if you chose to, instead of getting, instead of just blasting off your weapon as soon as you get it, if you chose to keep it, and then get another of the same type, it would upgrade your weapon. Right. So, and you could upgrade up to level 3, and the level 3 weapons were like incredibly, or it was like a huge boost, or a really strong magnet that would jerk you in front of the guy who was, who was in front of you. Um, there were a lot of really cool things like that. And, um, but it required a lot of skill, though. I mean, I was it not did. good it's, with the power-ups. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, I, a, it's I not an easy game, especially um, when you get towards the end. But uh, it, it doesn't feel cheap like Mario Kart Wii does, especially. No. I think um, it's just. What do you mean against computers? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'm talking about the single player game. You know, it is primarily sort of this yeah. racing adventure thing. So I don't know. I just think it's a great mishmash of genres, and um, unfortunately, not uh, and no one's really done it since then, including Rare. Like Banjo Pilot for GBA is trash. Really? It could have been so much more. Yeah, it's pretty much crap. So it's really too bad. One final game for you folks tonight. Last game! Yeah. that get in there <laughs> <laughs> i think i meant to play a different song attack of the 8-bit Thank you. 
that was a pretty man. I'll take Drill Dozer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I really like that song. I think it's a pretty interesting composition given the, you know, the very limited instruments that they had on, with this technology. Sure, give excuses. Right, okay. I would rather listen to that than Drill Dozer any day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which element is the basis for? Uh, I can't speak. It's all that damn potion I've been drinking. <laughs> Which element is the basis for both of the hero's powers, as well as many of the game's environments? I use element in quote quotation marks here. It's not like an element on the periodic table. Okay, kitties. Well, Johnny picked this game, so yeah, um, yeah. This is Kickle Cubicle, and uh, I'm surprised. Where's, 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 there we go. There it is. <laughs> All right, enough of that. That's, uh, yeah, that's my old, old gag school. from the live, the live edition of Radio Trivia back in the day. Um, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that I think I, <laughs> my my antics on the live show used to give the impression that this game has shitty music, I actually think it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> other than maybe the very beginning of that song, but um, yeah, I I really like this game. I, I don't know if I've ever... And by the way, the, the answer to the question is ice. The game's all about ice. And I know that's not a real element. But it is in the Final Fantasy sense. But, um... Yeah, the, the game is... You're, you're sort of playing this... He's, he's not a snowman, but he's like a kid dressed up in winter gear. And, um... His name... I think his name is Kickle or Kickle Cubicle. And, uh... Oh, God. And <laughs> it's basically a puzzle game. It's a lot like a Lolo game. Um, hmm. It's not quite as primitive looking because it came out later in the NES lifespan. But yeah, if you've never played this game, I you know if you have methods of playing such old games, um, I would recommend that you check it out. It's actually really interesting. Uh, it's a very good puzzle game. It's all played from like a top-down perspective, and it involves um, you know one one of his moves creates an ice cube that you can push around. Um, you can kind of kick it across the across these levels, and then you know it'll it'll run up against things. It's kind of like those block puzzles in Zelda when you have an icy yeah, floor. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, and I definitely yeah. do not want to play this game then because I freaking hate block puzzles. <laughs> oh. I don't care. If, I don't. That was the worst part of Tales of Symphonia. Worst part of of <laughs> Zelda. 
no way I'm playing this game. I oh, love that's Lolo, too bad. I mean, I like that stuff. It's spatial reasoning, basically. But yeah, the the other move he has is to create an ice pillar, which basically serves as a blockade for your ice cubes. So, you know, you can create a post here that will stop your ice cube from sliding across the ice, and then, you know, then you can change directions once it's, once it's stopped. Um, and there's some enemies, too, I think. I, don't, I, I guess you kick ice cubes into them to kill them or something. I don't remember exactly. But, um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, 2IP, but the, the, the way that I originally played this game is that I was hanging out with a, a friend of mine when I was probably seven or eight years old, you know, mm -hmm. and um, she was from a fairly wealthy family, and she had a lot of Nintendo games, and she was really wow. into Nintendo. She was like the only girl I knew who liked Nintendo, so we were, that's, you know, part of why we were friends is that we could talk about it. And I was over at her house, and we were kind of looking through her game collection, and she, I couldn't believe how many games she had. Mm -hmm. And they were all just sort of piled up on this bench or something like that. And we're digging through there, and we find this one NES game that is still in the wrapper. She didn't even <laughs> know she had it. She had no idea where it came from, when she got it, who gave it to her. But my mind was blown. I mean, here I am a kid who I basically got like one or two games a year, you know? Yeah. And one of those I saved up for with my allowance, and the, maybe I got one or two for Christmas or my birthday. So here's a girl who has so many has so many video games that she has games she's never played before. And it blew my mind. And I was like, this is a you know, this is a treasure. This is an unwrapped NES game. She'd never played it. I'd never even heard of it before. It was Kickle mm -hmm. Cubicle. And so we popped it in and uh, thought it was pretty cool. And she's like, well, why don't you just borrow it? Because, you know, it, it'll, it'll be like I never had it to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so I borrowed it for, for quite a while, and I played a lot of it. And, uh, and I really liked it. And then eventually I gave it back to her, of course. But, yeah, wow. there's my Kickle Cubicle story. I actually have a legitimate history with this game. And uh, I guess Carmine has a blog post about like a, a knockoff of Kickle Cubicle you can check out too really? on our blogs. Yeah, it's just like we, I guess when he was in um, the Philippines, I think that's where he went, right? The Philippines, yeah. he uh, he found one of these thirty games in one TV set things, and uh, <laughs> one of them was a clone of, of Kickle Cubicle, and apparently he, he thought it was it's pretty, a pretty good, obscure a, game to clone. <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> but uh, so. Uh, you can read up about the cubicle a little bit by uh, checking out that blog post too. Yeah. Um, there you go. So, Kickle Cubicle, one of the most infamous uh, radio trivia games. Yeah. Uh, now it's been used on podcast edition. So, um, I guess that wraps up this episode. Uh, we tried to not go for quite as long. I'm not sure we succeeded. Um, <laughs> I really, it's hard for me to fight my tendencies of long-windedness, even even with a stopped-up nose and a sore throat. Well, uh, thank you for, for co-hosting in, in spite of your illness. Oh, no problem. It wasn't physically painful. It was just, uh, I'm, I'm afraid I didn't sound too, uh, too healthy, robust, vigorous, I guess is the best word. Maybe you need some Final Fantasy potion to heal your wounds. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> drinking hot tea. I think that's probably better for me than that. <laughs> chemical yeah, garbage. Getting, you're I think I'm getting like a right stomachache now. here. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually not as good warm. I'll, I'll let you know that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gotten worse the more I drink it. <laughs> yeah. 
So, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> I hope we still. Ends... I, I hope you're still around in a couple of weeks to do another episode. <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> we'll see. So, uh, thank you, everyone. Send in your requests. Uh, you know, we love Little Nemo and other games like it. So, you know, send I have in. to say, I'm especially the past several weeks. I've been really impressed with the quality of games that people have suggested. It's been stuff that I was like, wow, I, you know, I've heard of that game, but I never played it, and I'm really impressed. Like, De Blob is a game that mm-hmm. I actually, I put on my Gamefly queue after I heard the music for that, because I was like, you know what? I don't even care how it plays. I want to I play this just for the soundtrack. And everybody says it's, it plays well, too. But, um, and then just a lot of stuff that I have played, like Little Nemo, but I wouldn't have thought of, of using on the show. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm very impressed by the taste of, of our listeners and I hope there's a lot more to come All right, good on you lads Johnny's stamp of approval so keep it up I, I, just my stamp of gratitude that's all I'm trying to do Okay. alright well uh, goodbye everybody and uh, we'll, well you'll listen to us next time <laughs> I don't know how to say I would say you'll see me next time but it doesn't make any sense so. <laughs> <laughs> just say ta-ta Crystal Chronicles is copyright 2003-2004, Square Enix, The Game Designers Studio. Drill Dozer is copyright 2006, Nintendo Game Freak. Little Nemo is copyright 1990, Capcom, 1989, TMS. Titty Kong Racing is copyright 1997, Rare. Kittle Cubicle is copyright 1990, Irem. Tada. <laughs> Tada. Right, let's, do a, let's do a clap. <laughs>